Welcome to Making Strides for Animal Chiropractic, where we promote integration and collaboration. Whether you are just starting your practice or you are ready to push the profession forward, we aim to provide you all the tools necessary to form relationships and educate your community. After all, spines of all sizes deserve to be adjusted. Welcome to our podcast and thanks for listening. Hey guys, it's Dr. Katie with Making Strides for Animal Chiropractic. In this podcast episode, we're going to talk a little bit more about how to be the solution instead of the problem. We're moving the animal chiropractic profession forward and when we're also helping to prevent suicide in our veterinary colleagues. But first, a quick word from our sponsors, iPoint Touch. You get up early each morning, you leave your house because you have a passion in your heart to serve the animals in your community. But it's not easy being an entrepreneur. You didn't dream about this life full of stress. When you come home, you should be at home. When you're at work, you should be at work. You shouldn't have to come home and work. You know, your passion keeps you focused on the next patient. You know, there are so many more stories of healing and you can't wait to get started touching lives and meeting new owners. But, you know, there's not all those endless hours for you to do that admin work. So iPoint Touch understands the passion um, and they want to help create solutions for you. So that way you can make the impossible possible and you can spend time touching lives and not spending endless hours doing admin work. To learn, learn a little bit more about their systems for integrative veterinary medicine, go to iPointTouch.com and schedule a time with Carmi. She's going to give you the attention you deserve, offer a guiding hand, and decrease your stress so that way you can focus on what's important. Hey guys, this is Dr. K with Making Strides for Animal Chiropractic. In this podcast episode, I want to talk about something that's very close to my heart. I now work in a field where I'm able to see what I didn't want for myself. And this is going to sound kind of backwards, but I want to be a vet when I grew up, right? I want to take care of animals. I want to serve them because animals serve me when I was younger. They, they helped me when I was in a very dark place. And now I'm able to see what being a veterinarian is actually like. I know for a fact, I don't want that for myself. But I value these human beings so highly because they do, it's sometimes the unspeakable, to take care of these animals, even in the midst of hyper-emotional animal owners and people that can't afford care for their pets and my heart goes out to them because veterinarians are very smart people and they love animals however a lot of times they're handcuffed because they don't have the proper tools to take care of their patient whether it be financially or whether it be because they're in western medicine not all cases respond to drugs not all cases respond to surgery and sometimes animal owners can't afford either so then they're um, you know pretty much left with no other options right? And animal owners are often expecting vets to work for little to no cost because uh, they financially didn't plan for this emergency um, because they didn't plan to do routine maintenance care like they were told to do. And then we're in a place where it's a lose, lose, lose situation. The vet's losing because they can't take proper care of their patient. The animal owner's losing because obviously their pet can't be healed because we waited too long or it's an emergency or what have you, right? And then us, the animal chiropractor in the shadows behind the curtain sometimes, is losing because we could have helped that case. And maybe that dog was euthanized too early. Or maybe that horse was retired early because the vet, the owner, or we didn't have the proper education to know that it was a third option. So I value my veterinary colleagues so much because 
as a primary care provider, they see everything. We have to consider as human medicine, primary care providers see about 30% musculoskeletal cases each and every day. And if you took away that 30%, I mean, they could spend so much more time doing much more important stuff, right? Like saving lives, doing surgeries, or, you know, whatever it is, right? Chronic musculoskeletal cases, chronic disease problems are becoming more prevalent in humans and in animals. And we're finding that healthcare in general is broken. Healthcare is designed to take care of acute emergencies, right? If you're in a car accident, go to the hospital. Don't go to a chiropractor, right? But if you have a chronic sciatica and you're 60, you should probably see a chiropractor regularly to stay out of the emergency room because emergency rooms are expensive. And health insurance, they say they cover they don't always. And in America alone, one of the leading causes of debt, I think it's number three, the the third leading cause of debt is medical expenses, right? From maybe surgeries that don't work. So with that being said, our veterinary colleagues deal with so much and we have so much to offer them. And meanwhile, we're not doing our jobs, educating appropriately, building value appropriately, and being a professional earning our seat at the table instead of begging for scraps. And I say that with a bunch of humility because I used to be at a place where I thought I was victimized by my referral laws in my state. I thought it was silly that I needed a veterinary consent form. I thought it was like a surgeon having to be present for a chiropractic adjustment. They have zero training in vet school about chiropractic. So why on earth do they have to sign a form or be present while I'm offering my services? I thought it was ridiculous. I also thought, like, why the heck am I sending my notes to them? They don't understand it anyway. Like, I had all these reasons in my head as to why vets were the enemy. And now I'm realizing I need to make them my friend. They are working so hard on these cases. And they have the animal's best, you know, the best interest at heart. And they want to do everything possible for that patient. And a lot of times there's... There's three sides to every story, right? The owner, you, and the vet, right? So my heart goes out to them because they work so hard. They have just as much or more student loan debt than I do. And they have less tools often to take care of patients. And I need to work harder to bring what I have to the table instead of, you know, backing them into a corner. Because if you're a vet, you go through medical school, right, learning a certain way to do things, right? You take a test, this is how you treat X. You, t- you check this box, this is how you treat Y. And then you get into the real world, and an animal owner comes to you, and they say, I want to do chiropractic for my pet. They present you with a consent form for a therapy you have no idea about, which has limited research, by the way. And then they expect you to sign it. And in Texas, you're liable if something goes wrong for a service you don't know anything about and you don't know the person applying that service. So you don't want to have them on your liability policy. And then three, the owner's like, if you don't sign this, I'm just going to find a new vet. So you feel like you're going to lose a client, right? I can't even imagine being backed into a corner like that as a pet's primary healthcare provider 
because I would be upset. I would be angry. And I didn't realize that, well, I thought vets were the enemy to chiropractic. Vets often think that chiropractors are the enemy, right? Because from that standpoint, in that, in how the consent form is, you know, applied or how the supervision is applied, it can rub people the wrong way. And our veterinary colleagues are trying to do everything they can in their toolbox to take care of an animal and then to be insulted um, by an owner who thinks they know better, right, um, to offer another therapy they don't know anything about. It, you know, it's just, it can come across as rude, <laughs> right? And I, at the beginning, thought like, hey, you know, I don't need to prove myself to anyone. I know what I do is awesome. I had a bleeding heart for chiropractic. And it's hard to know something in your heart, but translate that passion to someone else without proof, right? So I can get someone to believe in chiropractic in less than 10 seconds by taking a before and after video. And what chiropractors are going to call you out, I know for a fact that probably in the last two weeks you've had a miracle happen in your practice and you didn't document it. You didn't take a video. You didn't write a case note. You didn't call a vet and talk to them about it. I know for a fact that that has happened. And I think that our profession deserves better than that. So today we're going to talk a little bit more about how we can become professionals, easy steps you can take, and then two, how we're going to prevent veterinary suicide from happening. Because vets work so hard and they burn out so fast. Because they have the demands of these animal owners waiting till emergencies happen to take care of their animal. And then they also don't have the finances to take care of their animal properly during an emergency. And then they're expected to work for, you know, less than nothing with all hours of the day. And, um, you know, feeling guilty if they take time off with crippling student loan debt. Like, probably more than mine. It's just not a winning scenario, right? So we're going to talk about why it's so important to preach maintenance care so that way we can save our veterinary colleagues from committing suicide. So one, what's so important and the reason my my uh, reputation is as big and as uh, sterling, I guess, as it is, is because I actually send notes. Whether or not a vet can interpret my notes Sending some kind of olive branch, gesture of goodwill, a thank you card will suffice. Like, hey, thanks so much for referring Fluffy. Or, hey, um, I look forward to working together with you on Fluffy. Like, whatever it may be. Sending some kind of olive branch saying, I am willing to work together with you. Can't tell you how many people are taken off guard by the fact that I send notes each and every visit. I send a thank you card after a new vet uh, patient is starting with me. Like people are bamboozled that I spend the time to thank other people of the healthcare team. But I don't want to work alone. There's so many things I don't know. I think as chiropractors, we get in a mindset where we're just, it's just me. It's not we. I'm taking care of this patient. I'm doing everything for this patient. I think that stems from the place where we think of ourselves taking care of humans as primary care providers. Or, you know, maybe as, um, you know, we're starting our own business and, um, you know, we think we need to do everything ourselves. But when it comes to it comes to taking care of patients, it's a team approach. That's the best approach. So you need to do better 
by reaching out to other partners in a healthcare team and letting them know your piece of the puzzle. You're not the whole puzzle. You are just a piece. You are musculoskeletal and a neuromusculoskeletal. So you take care of three parts, uh, and there's all these other bodily parts, like the stomach, the lungs, the heart, you know, the skin. Like there's all these other pieces of the body. You are just a piece. And you can do better to know more, yes, but are you going to take care of that allergy or that irritable bowel syndrome? No, you don't do anything for that. You help that. Don't get me wrong. You support the body into optimal state of wellness. However, you do not directly treat that. So there are other people that need to be a part of the team in order to get the patient better, right? I think you need to stop by. I think you need to say hello. I think you need to um, pick up your phone and call the vet, update them on their patient. Let them know who you are, regardless of what business you're in, whether it be selling a product or um, you know starting a healthcare um, you know business. People trust people that they know. So if they don't know you, they're not going to trust you. They have to know, like, and then trust you in order to buy from you. So you have to first start with the know part. If they don't know you, you don't exist. So have them get to know you. If they don't like you, well, then you got to stop by and, you know, offer goodies. Or you got to say hi to the vet techs. Or you got to know everyone's name. You you have to make an effort. Because if you don't get the no part out of the way, then you can't get the like part out of the way. And then you can't get the trust part. So it's important that you go in that order each and every time. And I think we need to stop feeling victimized by the vet referral laws. I know they're annoying. And I know they limit the amount of patients getting care. I've had patients euthanized before they're referred to me, and it sucks. And I, I cry for those patients because I know that I could help them and I could serve them. However, it's my job to educate. It is my job to bring worth instead of throw a tantrum because those people weren't referred to me. If I never show how much I can help animals, uh, Vets aren't going to refer to me. They aren't taught this in vet school. They don't know it's an option. I mean, we're seeing a lot of younger vets come out of school being more open-minded to stuff like this, but there's not research studies that are conclusive on whether chiropractic helps animals. There's not a whole lot out there. There's a lot of human studies just now coming out, and I invite you to print those out and share them with your colleagues. But in general, the awareness is not there. Like, they are... Veterinarians are just getting on board the rehab train, right? We're just starting the surface, skimming the surface on how much there is to gain from hands-on modalities, right? So by starting this relationship, we know as chiropractors, we're we're more wellness-oriented. So I personally believe if we become a part of the healthcare team, we can promote maintenance care. We can promote wellness care, routine visits. How many people would do better themselves if they went into their (coughs) primary care doctor? How many patients would do better if they went into their primary care doctor and got that routine mammogram or urinalysis or blood work? So many people would do so much better if they went in yearly to their doctor, got a baseline, and evaluated these things. How much more awesome would it be if they did that for their pet, right? They put hands on their animal regularly. They check for lumps, bumps. They notice these subtle lamenesses or these different personalities or the decreased performance. Like how awesome would it be if these animal owners were religious about going in and taking care of their maintenance care needs? If you add an animal chiropractor to your team, you're going to add someone 
for these chronic pain patients is going to see them probably minimum once a month. That is probably 12 times the amount of times you would have seen that patient per year that you can follow up on these things. I know most chronic pain patients go to their, their vet like maybe once, twice a year. If you add an animal chiropractor in the mix taking care of their joint pain, they go exponentially more times to the animal chiropractor than they do to, to the vet office. So if, if we're adding animal chiropractors into the team, we're coming into a place to where we're telling these owners, hey, let's get ahead of something and proactively schedule appointments instead of waiting until there's an emergency. And if you are not promoting wellness as a chiropractor, well, then I don't think you're even a chiropractor. It's part of it. It's part of the license, in my opinion, right? So as we see vets becoming burnt out because they're dealing with all these reactive care, I think that is the biggest piece. If we start promoting that pet parents take care of their animals before a problem happens, we can decrease the amount of vets that are burning out or defaulting on their loans or committing suicide even worse, right? So what we can do is we can promote the mindset, hey, we are clearing brush from the forest routinely instead of waiting for the wildfire to start. Because I don't know a single person on the face of planet Earth that is able, you know, without any prior training to make a level-headed and um, good healthcare decision in a state of catastrophe when you can't walk and you go to the emergency room and a doctor says you need a surgery, you might just do it because you're making a decision out of fear because he's telling you you may never walk again. When you go into the vet office and your dog's not walking and he's never had this problem before and she says if you don't do this surgery, he may never walk, you might as well just euthanize, you're going to make that decision, right? And it may not be the right decision because we're making it from a place of fear, right? And I don't believe healthcare decisions should be made in fear because they're life-altering, right? Surgeries are life-altering. They change the course of your entire life. So I think we should proactively tell these pet parent owners, plan financially for these routine visits or during their chiropractic appointments. Hey, He's not acting quite right. Maybe you should go to your vet. And we should promote that relationship where we send our patients to the vet for routine maintenance so the vet can see, oh, they're doing really well with chiropractic care. Let me refer back to them and make sure this pet stays on the schedule because I know it's what works best for them. Because many pets could be saved and helped with routine maintenance care or just, you know, us taking care of their chronic pain, whereas a vet could pay more attention and spend more time and um, be more fulfilled by doing other things in their practice instead of always feeling burnt out with emergency after emergency after emergency. And I think it's our job as animal chiropractors to pull our seat up to the table and say, hey, there's 30% of this pie that I can help you with. You don't have to eat the whole thing yourself, right? And, um, you know, I envision a world in the future where, just like in human healthcare, if you're in a hospital, you get a specialist that deals with hearts. 
You get a specialist that deals with lungs. You get a specialist that does X, Y, or Z. And they all work together on your case. They all share records on your case. They all talk together. What would animal healthcare look like if we did the same? What would vets look like if we did the same? Instead of having to take care of anything and everything, they were able to defer the, the small piece, the musculoskeletal piece, to somebody else. Like, what would that look like? The weight would be lifted off their shoulders. They would see better patient outcomes. Their owners would be happier. And if you're in their office, they may also get some passive income. It's a win-win-win for the patient, for the vet, for you, for the owner. So this is Dr. K with Making Strides for Animal Chiropractic. Let's prevent veterinary suicide by promoting maintenance care. Let's also promote professionalism in our, our practice, in ourselves, in others, right? If you're not sending notes to the vet on each and every patient, you need to start today. And if not today, first thing tomorrow. If you're not documenting that miracle with a video, you need to start. Take a video on every new patient. You never get a, another a new patient video, I promise. I always wish I had taken a video of some pets that I get them walking at one visit. I'm like, dang it, missed my opportunity, right? I know you witness miracles. It's time for you to document it and pull your seat up to the table. It is the time for you to put your hand on the vet's shoulder and say, enough's enough. I'm here to walk alongside you and take care of these patients. I'm not a me. I want to be a part of a we taking care of these patients together. So if you like this movement, if this resonates with you, please join me. I'm at Making Strides for Animal Cairo on Facebook and Instagram. Also have um, a Facebook group where we're dedicated professionals working towards this goal. Um, and I know that we need you here. I know that animals need you here. And I want to get you successful so that way more animals can get treated and our profession can move forward. So till next week, we'll talk soon. Hey guys, Dr. Katie here. Thanks for listening. My intention behind starting this podcast was to build awareness and promote our amazing profession. If you like what we're doing here, please like, share, or leave a review. Help us to spread this movement so we all can begin to take steps towards change. Let's make strides for animal chiropractic.